Welcome to the Domination Sports Nation podcast. I'm Dominic. And I'm Chris. Welcome you to another episode of the podcast. Yes, thank you everyone for the, the kind words and support with our last episode, our special guest Ty. We had a lot of positive feedback. I want to thank Ty again for an excellent episode. Yeah, we thank him so much. And then let's just dive in. Um, the NFL season started on Thursday, but all the games actually were played on Sunday. So what did you think of it, Dad? I'm happy to have the NFL back. And I know a lot of people like us felt like the season just crept up on them with no preseason games or hype leading into it. And uh, I, I felt like the games went off well. While it's odd to see no fans in the stands, um, I thought the quality of play is and I think they did a pretty decent job piping in the crowd noise. How about you? Yeah, it honestly sounded louder than just a regular crowd. I don't know if you thought that. Yeah, I did at, at times, and you know that kind of begs the question. A lot of people think the NFL is a TV game, and this year might actually prove that. I, I know, look, you and I enjoy going to NFL games, but uh, will this now be something like the NBA where we play only in front of virtual fans someday? Who knows? So it could be an interesting phenomenon. Yeah, what I thought that was fascinating about what happened is that everyone thought they were going to be rusty, and yes, the play was a little sloppy, but those tackles just sounded ferocious with no fans. Yeah, I think that's the coolest part. Um, I was lucky enough to be on the field for pregame warm-ups uh, many years ago for a Jets-Chargers game at MetLife Stadium, uh, thanks to my cousin Billy, and I watched the Chargers just warming up, O-line and D-line hitting each other and how loud that was. Can you just imagine what it sounds like in a real game? I think this is a, the closest we'll see that. I mean, these guys sound like they're getting crunched at times. Yeah, it does sound like it. I know that I've heard it with hard knocks and stuff, but it just sounded crazy loud compared to what I've heard. Yeah, to uh, you know, we were watching that Cowboys-Rams game, and to see Aaron Donald even just hit the quarterback, you just get a, a new appreciation of how strong and fast he is and how not fun it must be to get decked by him. Yeah, and speaking of the Rams, you think they played well? I really did, and I think what was most impressive was their defense because they, they got rid of Wade Phillips' D coordinator. They've had a lot of changes on that team, especially in the secondary, and uh, it looks as though they, they had a good game plan to kind of stop Dak, Dak Prescott and, and his weapons. Um, what did you think of the, the way McVay called the game? Yeah, I thought he came in with a really good game plan. He came in and he told Goff, he said, you had to get the ball out quick because this Cowboys defensive line is fast and they have a lot of speed and they can get in and hit you really hard. And we saw that a couple of times with Goff. But once he started to get the ball off quick, I mean, Cowboys couldn't do anything. Their secondary has been beaten up. And then the Rams run game, which has honestly not been as good as it usually was with Gurley. I thought that was going to be that way because they had three running backs this year, but it was really good with Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers. What do you think? I agree. I think this is going to be the hint of things to come with them. Um, a three-headed monster. Henderson is the third back, and I, I think that helped control the ball. The time of possession was really tilted in the Rams' favor, and it helped them. You know, they settled for a few field goals, and it kept the game close. But if you look at Goff the Super Bowl year, when when Todd Gurley was healthy, I mean, that run game really helps him, sets up the play action, and you, you see how much better that offense is in cases like this. So it could be an interesting year for them. Yeah, it will be interesting, and especially the fact that the 49ers lost and Kittle got hurt and all that, and the Cardinals are looking good too. 
They really are. And, you know, Dom, you and I were on the Kyler Murray bandwagon last year in fantasy. We saw it with DeAndre Hopkins and uh, another year under that coaching staff. They do well. I was really impressed with their defense. Um, I don't know about you, Dom. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the NFC West is the best division in football, top to bottom. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that besides the NFC South, which I think was crazy how the Buccaneers came out and played the Saints. But to get on your point about that, the NFC West is tough. You got Russell Wilson, the Seahawks. They're just always good, it seems to be. And then the Cardinals are a young team. I like the way they play with Cliff Kingsbury. And then the Rams and then the 49ers. I think that this is the year that they can be the Rams where they have a Super Bowl hangover. I agree with you. It's very tough to come back. And I think, too, they're going to miss Sweeney. He's hurt right now. It's one less weapon for Garoppolo. And then, too, you figure uh, that 49ers defense is really dominant last year. But the Chiefs exposed that secondary. And the Cardinals did a good job of that, too, with Hopkins. And if you've got a scrambling quarterback like, like a Kyler Murray, that can be dangerous against that Niners defense. Yeah, and we saw time and time again last year when they played the Saints, their defense has given up a lot of points, and I don't think people realize that. Absolutely. I mean, if you have a good old line and you can kind of hold off that intense pass rush, especially Nick Bosa, and you've got a chance to throw the ball, you can move on the 49ers D. Yeah, and then about the NFC South, how do you think Tom Brady did with his new team? I think Brady looked awful at times, looked like, they weren't on the same page. I'm guessing a lot of that is a function of new teammates, limited practice during the offseason, new coaching staff. So I'm going to chalk part of it up to that and part of it up to the guy was under immense pressure. And at 43 years old, you're only so mobile. And the Saints really exposed him there. Even You know, he gets uncomfortable when he gets hit. And we saw that he threw a bad pick six to, six to Janoris Jenkins. Yeah, I think that the Saints were just on a mission to show the um, – sorry, not the Patriots, the Buccaneers on how they're the team in the uh, NFC South and they're the rulers of that division. And a lot of people are saying the Buccaneers are going to take over, but that didn't seem like the case on Sunday. No, Sean Payton had his team motivated, and you figure that whole team is essentially intact year over year. So that helped. And then, too, the, the Falcons looked awful. The Panthers, you know, might be a down year for them. So this is their division to lose. Yeah, a lot of people coming in were going to say that it was going to be a tough division. But I have to say that the Falcons' offense, compared to what people thought that they were going to be, I think they're honestly overrated. Yeah, I absolutely do. And you know, Dom, during one of the games Sunday, you turned and asked me and said, asked me, how did Dan Quinn keep his job? Well, I knew he went on a winning streak last year, but you looked it up. He went six and two down the stretch and that saved him, but doesn't look like he's off to a good start this year. Yeah, and they played the Seahawks too, which is a good team, but still, uh, I was surprised to see Gurley scoring a touchdown. Yeah, good for him. I know he's uh, he's a Georgia guy, uh, went to school there, so a nice homecoming for him. Um, I know the, the Rams fans probably miss him, but I, I get the business decision, so it's always good to see someone succeed somewhere else, though. Yeah, and speaking of Brady, his old team, the Patriots, with Cam Newton now, I was interested to see that offense. How do you think that went with the Patriots and Cam Newton? Uh, really interesting. You know, I've talked about this with you and uh, on the fantasy football podcast. I was really surprised no one wanted Cam Newton. I know a lot of it was a function of the pandemic and people being locked down and not getting him in for a physical, but he didn't look like he missed a beat. I'm not going to go out and say he's MVP Cam Newton, but Belichick and McDaniels, 
did a good job with the game plan, and we saw hints of the old Cam running him for two touchdowns, so I was impressed. Yeah, he's definitely more mobile, and I have to say, it must be hard for Belichick and McDaniels switching up the whole playbook for Newton because Brady wasn't a mobile quarterback. Yeah, he could run and get 10 yards a slide, but he really wasn't a mobile quarterback, and that's how they had to change the game plan, and it worked, honestly. Yeah, it really did, and given some of their limitations at wide receiver, uh, that might actually help McDaniels with his play calling, so... I think the bottom line is that the Pats are not going to go away easily. We can't just hand this division over to the Bills. Yeah, and the Bills look pretty good against the Jets. Yeah, I'm not sure if the Bills are really good, the Jets are really bad, or both. Yeah, I think that's uh, both. But what do you think of Joe Burrow's debut against the Chargers? Uh, I've got to tell you, he made a couple mistakes at a bad shovel pass for an interception, but um, I like the way he ran. I like the way he drove his team down at the end. There was a questionable offensive pass interference call against A.J. Green that hurt them, and then their kicker, Bullock, completely uh, shanked the field goal to send it to overtime. So all things being equal, I thought it was good. He's going to learn a lot. He's playing a, on a team with not a heck of a lot of talent, but I, I like what I saw of him. Flashes of what you saw at LSU with that leadership and mobility. Yeah, I thought a lot of haters coming in this said, oh, Burrow's going to get wrecked. He's on a bad team, but it didn't look like it. He utilized his offense to the fullest. And speaking of controversial calls, what do you think of the Michael Gallup, Jalen Ramsey? Um, you, you know, Dom, we talk about this during the Sunday night games, how much Chris Collinsworth drives us nuts and he just takes <laughs> things to the extreme. I thought Gallup pushed off. I thought Ramsey being one of the top, if not the best corner in football, did a great job selling it. But uh, if you're going to push off right in front of the referee, they're going to call it. We saw it earlier in the day with AJ Green, like we said, and uh, I think it was the right call. And whether it decided the game or not has nothing to do with it. The refs just take one play at a time. What do you think of that call? Yeah, I didn't like how people call it controversial because though Ramsey sold it a little bit, I mean, that's what you have to do. You see guys in basketball um, selling fouls and stuff and flopping. So it wasn't much like that, but I thought that he did definitely push off on Ramsey. You could see his hand extend and stuff. And though it wasn't the palm of his hand, it was definitely the backside of his hand. So he did definitely push off. You hit the nail on the head. When you extend like that, they're going to call it. I mean, if you use your body a little bit or don't stick your arm out straight, But uh, I look, we've seen it on the other side. They're cracking down on pass interference, and it looks like the refs are yeah, trying to set that tone this year. Yeah, they definitely are, and then they year. took away the flag for pass interference and stuff with the challenge and stuff. So that'll be interesting to see. And then also, what do you think of the Giants, Dad? I had no faith in them coming in the season, then they looked really good. I completely agree. I'll, I'll say this much. Look, the offensive line has been an issue for years. Was it great last night? No, but it wasn't as completely awful as it was in the past. You got to give the Steelers credit. They got one of the top defenses in football. I mean, we own them yeah. in fantasy in one of our leagues, right? Um, I, I, I really like the long drive. Daniel Jones led 19 plays. You and I thought they were going to hit Pater and be back in the game, and he kind of made a boneheaded throw. I know it was deflected for an interception, but – that point he's a young qb he's got to learn to throw the ball <clears throat> into the second row and uh he didn't but i i gotta give their defense credit too there aren't a lot of big name guys on that side of the ball but they hung until late in the game and and that's what happens when you're 
Ben Roethlisberger, you control the game, you keep the D on the field, they wear down, and, and that's what happened. So it's a good start. Penalties were down. Uh, we'll see this week against yeah, well, the honestly, resurgent Bears how they do. I was disappointed in the O-line, as you said, because of the fact that they couldn't get the run game going. I mean, the only time Saquon got loose was on that little screen pass, and that was it. I mean, they were all over him, so that was definitely the Steelers' defensive game plan was to shut down Saquon. But as you said, Daniel Jones, though he made that – bad interception throw he was throwing through tight windows and he looked pretty good yeah one of his favorite targets last year is Darius Slayton was again last night Uh, I think that's going to be the tone all year they're going to stop Saquon and dare Jones to beat him and as he gets better and more mature he's going to do that and that'll help free Saquon up down the road being the offensive coordinator for them now I was surprised with his play calling it was definitely good for him and I know that he wasn't the best with the Cowboys but he did look pretty good with the play calls last night yeah it leads a number of questions to me was Shermer that bad or is Garrett actually pretty decent as a play caller and not a head coach hard to say um it's only one game but Look, Dom, we've we've had enough between McAdoo and Shermer. I'll go out on a yeah, limb and say is. Garrett's an improvement. Yeah, so I I'm do agree with you there. on that. And then any other games that caught your eye? Yeah, so uh look, your your boy Mahomes had a nice game on Thursday night, uh with some limited fans in the stands in Kansas City. What did you think yeah, of the start for the defending like champs? How they were last year explosive on offense or defense, definitely shut down Watson, so yeah, I think it was good for them. Uh, a name to remember, Clyde yeah, Edwards Alaire. Yeah, I thought Alaire, this, he was him? explosive with LSU. Definitely bailed out Burrow a bit, but he's just explosive. When he, you can see green grass in front of him, he, you know he's gone. He's so fast and he's so powerful for being what five eight five nine. Yeah, he's a beast for uh, for such a small package. He's a force yeah, to be reckoned with. He was impressive. Definitely wasn't a surprise. Was the Ravens beating up on the Browns? Yeah, and with that, we saw the typical Mayfield interceptions, OBJ dropping balls and sulking, and only having twenty two yards. So some things never yeah, change. Yeah, Lamar and the Jackson definitely dominant. didn't change anything from last season. He can run. He can pass. Just everything with him. Yeah, uh, another team that stuck out to me, um, you pointed this out to me today, your grandfather's team, <laughs> yeah. the Washington football team, is the only undefeated team in the NFC East. They're they're on top there, 1-0. Everyone else has a loss. Uh, Ron Rivera did a great job. It came out, it's uh, being treated for cancer, so that was even more impressive. Got an IV at halftime. What did you think of the Eagles blowing that game and the Redskins yeah, showing first a lot I thought, of resiliency? Oh, Kevin Burker has to announce a bad game. I was like, oh, the Eagles are easily win this. They're up 17 nothing. I was like, don't even show this game anymore because we have the Red Zone channel. And <laughs> I was just watching. I was like, wow, touchdown after touchdown. And then they forced Carson Wentz to throw not two, but three interceptions. I, that was just crazy. With a secondary like that, it was just crazy. Yeah, and um, bonehead move of the week already by me, Dom. I referred to him as a Redskin. Oh, Scratch yeah, that. The Washington football team. I apologize, but I'm the same guy who called the Chargers San Diego. Yeah, for well, the first Jay Glazer called the Redskins LA. too, so don't blame yourself. <laughs> oh, okay. Then then I guess we're good if Glazer's okay with it. But, yeah, I apologize for that. And then the uh, kind of the same old, same old Dom, the Lions choking to Mitch Trubisky yeah, and Trubisky the Bears. What was the that same all about? Through one half, I was like – 
Well, the Lions, even though they didn't have Kenny Galladay, still look pretty good for what they were, utilizing Adrian Peterson a lot. And then out of nowhere, just Trubisky flips the switch and he's accurate and getting the run game going. It was crazy. Yeah, it's almost like he uh, crammed for the test the night before and down the stretch under pressure, he stopped thinking yeah, and just started making plays. Yeah, it was definitely a boring game through like two quarters, what it was like, it was six to six. Yeah, that was a snoozer. I mean, I know the Lions had a, what, a 17-point lead in the fourth and blew it, so that's, yeah, that doesn't the end, bode well for what killed him Patricia. was the rookie DeAndre Swift dropping that touchdown pass, and I thought he had actually caught it, and then I see the ball hit the floor. I was like, oh. Yeah, I don't know if he was just looking to turn up field before he caught it or what, but uh, as they yeah, say, rookie mistake. Yeah, definitely got the nerves, got the best of him. Yeah, so uh, – Poor guy. Hopefully he bounces back. Finally, Dom, uh, Monday Night Football, they start the year with a doubleheader. Uh, going up to the booth, what did you think of the two announcing crews that called the game? And uh, did you miss Joe Tessitore? I did not miss McFarlane? Joe Tessitore and definitely not Booger McFarlane. But huh. I like the new Monday Night crew. I'll definitely get used to them. I definitely like Chris Fowler announcing an NFL game. I'm so used to him doing the Saturday night game. And it was nice to see that. And I liked how they knew all the college guys from the Giants and the Steelers. So I think that can translate well if Levy and Gracie don't do well. So, But I think they will do well. And then to go to the Titans and the Broncos, it was a boring game, but Levy definitely made it sound like it was a good game. Yeah, Le- Levy's a seasoned vet. I know some people I- – I didn't realize this at the time, but I heard some chatter about how – they couldn't differentiate between the voices of, of Riddick and Greasy. I, I don't know what that's about. I mean, I'm used to hearing Riddick, but I thought they did a good job. But I'm with you. I, I'm not a huge Herb Street fan, but he was prepared. You would have never known he doesn't do NFL games. And if they do decide to move to Fowler and Herb Street, I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. Those those guys are really solid, and I think they uh, they did a good job. And if the ESPN or ABC ever gets a package where they have uh, multiple games or whatever, I, I think those guys could shift yeah, I definitely right into look that forward to the easily. first Monday of the NFL season because they have the doubleheader. I just like it more. I mean, two Monday games seems a lot better than just one. Yeah, it really does. It's cool, especially for us here on the West Coast. And uh, you were in bed at the time. I was going to wake you up to let you know that Steven Guskowski finally made a field goal and the Titans won, but I, I figured you'd see it in the morning. So yeah, that, that's about me. all you needed to know there. <laughs> so uh, on to another sport. The NBA's headed into the conference finals in the bubble. Uh, tonight is a game seven, which will determine the final participant in the Western Conference finals. Our local team, the L.A. Clippers, blowing another 3-1 lead. The Nuggets, again, coming back from a 3-1 deficit. Pivotal game tonight. What do you think, and who will move on to take on the yeah, Lakers in the conference finals? I think when you look at the finals? numbers and down the stretch, I think it's just going to be Kawhi and PG. I mean, you can't do anything about it. I know I've said this all along. I think that I've been really surprised at the Nuggets coming in. I thought they were young and they couldn't get far. Then they went down 3-1 against the Jazz and then fought back. So I'll be interested to see how it goes off tonight. But I just think the Clippers are just too much to handle. Yeah, I do too. I know a lot of people are already second-guessing Doc Rivers' um, ridiculousness. We've heard that if they lose, Balmer will fire him. I don't think that'll happen, but... 
you know, you, you never know stranger things have happened. And then on the Eastern conference side, Dom game one tonight has started already between the heat and the Celtics. What's your thought on that series? I think the pivotal game will be like a game five or a game six in that series. But when you look at the Celtics, they have a lot of depth on that team, especially for losing Gordon Hayward, their top shooter. So I think that'll be an interesting series. I want to see how they handle the Heat's defense and how tough they play and Jimmy Butler. Yeah, and for me, I think ultimately it's kind of the story of the playoffs so far. It's going to come down to Jimmy Butler on one side and Jason yeah, and Tatum on the other. Yeah, I've been surprised the way Kemba Walker has been playing. It's mostly been Tatum carrying the Celtics. Agreed. And uh, as of right now, if you're listening at home, the Celtics are up by four, just over six minutes left. So, again, another close yeah, hard game Yeah, it's definitely going to be a there. tough series for both teams. I wouldn't be surprised if this went to seven games because I think that will be my prediction because they're just both two tough teams, and I like when they play each other. Yeah, it's enjoyable. I don't, uh, I'm not a fan of either team, but um, I, I, I think the play will be solid. Yeah, it will be, be especially to see who goes to the finals. And I don't think anyone expected to see Celtics in heat. Not at all. I know I didn't. So uh, when we do our next episode next week, we'll probably have a better idea of who's in the driver's seat headed to the NBA finals. Who knows? We may even be able to start doing some finals. Yeah, what do you think of the Lakers? They've just been dominant all playoffs. I know a lot of people were questioning them coming into the playoffs. They got the Blazers in the first round. Now they got the Rockets. So what do you think their play has been so far? I think it's been good. The, uh, the Blazers were the, the hot team with a lot of momentum. Once Lillard got hurt, I, I think that wasn't much of a series. Um, they really lucked out with the Rockets. I mean, that, that's a team in disarray to begin with. Mike D'Antoni is gone after the series. So I'm not quite sure whether it's a function of the Lakers are just playing really well or their opponents are that weak. The The test will be in the next round, especially if it's the Clippers. I know they're playing in Florida, but it'll be a battle of L.A. of sorts. You know, LeBron wanted Kawhi to come to the Lakers. He was recruiting him. So, um for selfish reasons, that's what I'm hoping for. I think it'll be the best series, and I think the best team will, will move on yeah, to the finals. Yeah, after watching both the of favorite. their series games, I just feel like it's either LeBron and AD are playing well, or either one of them's not doing so well and just carried by the other guys. So that's been their play so far. I honestly think they've been dominant, but not dominant enough to where they put five games in each series. I think the Rockets, as you said, <laughs> they're – just just a mess, basically. They went small, don't even have a center, so that's definitely a benefit for the Lakers, who have a ton of tall guys. Yeah, and you've got two alphas on that Rockets team that want the ball in Harden and Westbrook, and that's never yeah, an easy Yeah, definitely down the stretch, with. I think this is one of the reasons why D'Antoni left, is that he wouldn't go to his top guy in Harden, who's really good in clutch situations, and said he went to Russell Westbrook. Yeah, just an uh, odd dynamic there. Uh, we've heard today that D'Antoni may end up with the Sixers or New Orleans, so we shall see. Sounds like I'll get another job, but I'm um, guessing he's happy. Yeah, he was there for a while, Houston. too. Indeed. And then finally, Dom, uh, MLB, which has had a short season, an odd season with a number of outbreaks and seven-inning doubleheaders and you know, people kind of uh, losing interest in it announced today that they're going to do the playoffs and the world series 
in a believe it's the first time since 1944 that the World Series won't be played in each team's home stadium. Uh, some of the sites include Minute Maid Park in Houston, the uh, the Texas Rangers, brand new stadium, Petco Park in San Diego, Dodger Stadium in L.A. What did you think of that, that announcement? This was their redemption to the season that was definitely disappointing. I know people coming in were thinking that it was going to be good, but I think what ruined it was definitely the hiccups of the outbreaks and not putting themselves in a bubble because they couldn't agree with the players. So that was one thing. But another thing was that these seven-inning games have definitely been more boring than a full nine-inning game. Yeah, it's just odd. And I, I, I kind of thought it was interesting what they did in extra innings, kind of like you see in uh, women's softball where you put a runner on second base. But that's a function of – you don't want the games going too long. It's interesting. It makes things interesting. So you don't have these 18 inning games, but bigger picture, if the commissioner and the players union had been able to get together and start the season back in June, we wouldn't have had to jam all these games. Yeah, into another a short factor season. that comes in is why people are bored with this is that I think MLB is one of those sports where, or just baseball in general, where you have to listen to the fans and hear their reaction and stuff. I feel like if there's no fans, it just makes it more boring rather than the NBA and the NFL where they pipe in the crowd noise, but you're just so interested in the game that you're not worrying about the fans. Yeah, definitely. And then too, especially for your generation, Dom, and I grew up watching baseball, but, uh, Enough with the guys stepping out. They're trying to regulate the pitching changes. How about letting these guys not step out of the batter's box after every single pitch to yeah, adjust Yeah, it's definitely annoying knowing that they don't have to adjust themselves every five seconds, whatever it is. Yeah, so uh, we shall see. The World Series will take place in October in the new Globe Life field in Texas, and uh, uh, we'll we'll see what happens. There'll be no home field yeah, advantage, that's for sure. It's going to be one of those scenes where whoever is playing the best is going to get to the World Series. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, wrapping up, Dom, um, anything else come to mind? I know uh, with football here, we've been playing fantasy football. You got Madden 21 recently. You're enjoying that. Uh, here's your chance to – to riff on any of those topics or anything else you'd like to talk well, about I in sports. Well, I think for both of our fantasy teams, it was disappointing seeing Galdane and Evans not being 100%. In one league, it didn't really matter because we blew the team that we were playing out, but the other league, it definitely seemed like it mattered. Yeah, absolutely. We had one great week and one bad one, and that's what happens in fantasy. Um, you're happy we got Mahomes in both our leagues. And, uh, you know, I think we, we hit the jackpot on some of our other draft picks like Devontae Adams. But uh, I've got to give you a shout-out. You watch a lot of college football and know a lot of these guys as they come into the NFL. How about uh, Josh Kelly, former UCLA Bruin, uh, running back for the Chargers at a nice game? We picked him in the very last round. Uh, tell me about him and, and how you came to the conclusion that he was worthy yeah, well, of being on our team. Well, I was a little team. worried because the Chargers have a lot of running backs. I know that Eckler's their number one now, but he's just so physical. And I was mad that UCLA didn't use him enough. I mean, with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Chip Kelly was making him throw too much. And you see to rely on Josh Kelly, and he's so physical, he's so big, and he was just so good with them. Yeah, what was that? Yeah. That Washington State game last year, right? Where he kind of abandoned the run with Kelly. I think that's where we first really noticed it. But uh, you know what, Dom? You're not the only one that's frustrated with Chip yeah, Kelly. Yeah, Grandpa definitely is. 
Absolutely. So uh, that's it for this episode. Dom, any, anything you'd like to wrap up with before uh, no, we call this a really. show? I'm just happy to have football back and uh, happy we have the ability to, to talk about so many sports and get the show yeah, back know, up and running every ago, week. We had nothing to talk about, basically. Absolutely. So it's a, it's a nice problem to have. Again, thank you for the kind words. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Google, Anchor. Follow us on Instagram at Domination Sports Nation. That's all one word. And thank you guys for listening for to our episode. See you later. Bye.